What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. Listen, as political tensions ramp up in this country, I'm sorry to say I have to do this. Um, I've got to take back my endorsement for Squatty Potty. You know, a couple weeks ago, not that they were a paid sponsor, but I came out of your guns blazing. I said I was having problems with my rectum and I was resolved because of that Squatty Potty and I was wrong. Here Hot take, squatty potty, no good for your asshole. I had one of the worst asshole weeks of my entire life. It was a bad week, and I don't need to get too into the bloody details. I don't need to do that to you people. Uh, I know that you didn't come here just for complete poop talk. There are important issues to get into. You don't need to hear about shit, piss, and diarrhea. You've got better things to do with your weekend. But I'm just here because I like to be honest with you guys. I like to give you the good intel when I have it, life advice if I have it. I got on this microphone, and I endorse Squatty Potty to you, my audience. I said that that might help you. If, like me, you enjoy overeating, you try and exercise so that you don't get too fast, and the... Uh the end result is uh, a you know bad bathroom habits or we don't need to get too into the bloody details i've already said it it's disgusting no one wants to think about me in the bathroom having a hard time pushing shit out my anus that's not how you want to spend your sunday i understand that you don't want to hear about this but i feel that it's important that i be honest with the audience and i'll just give you the short details hemorrhoids on the bottom of your asshole do not feel nearly as bad as hemorrhoids on the top of your asshole and the squatty potty will put you into a position where if you decide hey i know i shouldn't be eating dairy but i really like meatball subs and maybe these trader joe's meatballs aren't as bad as other meatballs and maybe if i take the dairy pills beforehand but i eat three of these late at night i'll be okay and then i eat some you won't be okay so that's first and foremost as far as maintaining healthy rectum you got to give up if you're like me and you had a long life of delicious sandwich eating and all of a sudden you're 33 years old and realizing i need to find some new hobbies because this isn't working out for me that might have i hope it never happens to you i hope it i hope you make it to 50 or 60 eating delicious sandwiches i'm gonna be a person who just reminisced about being 24 years old you know what i used to look back on my 20s and think man i wish i got laid more man i wish i went out more I wish I was fatter and ate more sandwiches. You know, I I lived life as best as I could. I smoked weed while I could. I ate big fat sandwiches while I could. I did life exactly how I should have. I didn't work a day job so I could stay home in the morning and make extra diarrhea. And so, yeah, I didn't make as much money as if I was working a real job, but I got to eat delicious sandwiches late at night up until that point in life when I couldn't do it anymore. So you know what? I'm looking back on age 20 to 32 and saying I did it exactly right. And am I formally retiring from sandwich eating? No, because I got more hope in my heart. I've got hope that scientists are going to come around. They're going to fix my rectum. They're going to fix my stomach. They're going to make sandwiches that you can process like it's, uh, I, I don't know uh like the, the fucking broccoli out of a unicorn's asshole that it goes right down with nutrients that you, you don't have anything but a, a shredded sylvester stallone young rocky body rocky too i think that's when he took the perfect amount of steroids because then he started getting like big gross tanny leathery he went like too far with it rocky one he wasn't even on steroids you look at him you're like i oh, man i could beat up this twink are you kidding me he barely is even muscular he's just got like good chest hair that's basically all rocky one is seeing Sylvester Sloan with good chest hair, but then come Rocky, come Rocky two, right amount of steroids. Already by Rocky four, he's like too shredded, but in a good way because it's like lean, it's cut. He's gonna fight that Russian. He's gonna beat the shit out of him because he's cut. But then after that, when it gets to the later Rambo's and he's like extra drooly and slow talking, too much steroids. Anyways, I hope that they invent sandwiches that are delicious and 
have a Rocky II steroid-like quality to them so you can eat them and look good. Back to Squatty Potty and why I'm removing my endorsement. Bottom of the asshole hemorrhoids are not as painful as top of the asshole hemorrhoids. I don't think I might have gone too aggressive with the squatty potty that I got the way it was propping me up, the things I was eating late at night. So temporarily, I am retiring from the game of overeating. It's uh, hopefully a temporary retirement like Michael Jordan, where he's like, I I love basketball too much. I got to come back. So I'm not out for life. It's not like you're never going to hear sandwich commentary from me again, but I can't have an asshole week like I had this past week. It was it, it put me out of commission for a couple days. I can't have what I had, and I'm done with the squatty potty. Now, I, I just I, I squat extra wide directly over the bowl like a fucking sumo wrestler. I'm eating, I'm, I'm literally, because I don't like eating salad, I, I grab spinach by, by the handful, and I eat two full handfuls of spinach before I eat anything else. I'm done with bread, and I don't know that this will last, I but, you know, anyways, let's get into the news. That's enough, but if you bought a Squatty Potty because I recommended it, I apologize, and I, I will continue to be honest with you as I come across products and services that I think are good, and the Squatty Potty, they were never a sponsor, but if you bought one, go fucking burn it in your yard. Throw, throw it into the streets and say... Curse Biden, which brings us to uh, to the election. Let's talk about that because that's what you guys are here for. Uh, I'm not happy about this for a couple reasons, but the biggest one is, uh, and I, I know I, I spoke about this on uh, part of the problem, so you might hear something at least at the beginning that I already said, but it, this seems like an environment where you're never going to possibly find truth. I feel like before... You could find information on both sides. You could at least read about it. And usually you could go, okay, this side is being truthful and it's being underreported. I I feel like there's a new normal now. Is is Trump lying or is the media lying? Is it fake news or Trump's lying about fake news? We're in a new world where there is no objective truth. It's just pick what lie you prefer more. And is that true? I don't know. In the case of the election, you know, is truth here that Trump from the outset was just kind of saying, hey, there's going to be voter fraud. And he was actually working with the post office to try and make sure that not as many ballots would get to people or get in on time. He understood that the Democrats more fearful of the coronavirus would rely more heavily on mail-in voting. And so he was trying to suppress the vote. Option A. Option B, and we're going to go with the most extreme version, is that the Democrats always use some form of mail-in voting fraud. They rely on that in every election. In most elections, they can't make up that many mail-in votes because there aren't that many people voting by mail. In this election, they convinced so much of the country and they made such a stink about corona and such a stink about that you should mail in your votes that more people mailed in votes and they were able to forge more votes than they could in any other election in the past. And that's how Biden won. Here's the problem. We're never going to find out Trump is not going to flip this thing based on evidence. I'm making that call now unless he's got some sort of um, uh, rabbit up his ass, cat in the bag. What's the phrase I'm looking for? Help me out here, Mike Nice. What am I looking for? Ace up his sleeve. Ace up his sleeve, unless he's got some sort of an ace up his sleeve. I don't, and by ace up his sleeve, I mean he secretly watermarked this or they secretly had some 
person from not the FBI, but the new Trump gulag. That's what Trump needs. He needs like an SS gulag type thing, which isn't the CIA, which isn't. And obviously that wouldn't play well in the news, but he needs like his own intelligence agency. He needs to actually get Space Force off the ground and then just have that be a new agency that works against the FBI and the CIA. And then that's exactly what I'm describing of pick your lie, because does that sound scarier that the president has his own secret organization that's actually doing intelligence work against the other intelligence agencies or are the other intelligence agencies so corrupt that they're operating outside of government that are operating in the name of the deep state they're operating in the name of trying to get us to war that trump using almost dictatorship like powers to create a space force to combat them would be in our best interest pick your lie that's the environment we're in now there's no way of fucking knowing there'll never be any journalism it's what lie do you feel more comfortable with and that drives me insane but back to what I was trying to say. So here's the lie that you can pick. Did Trump go into this crybaby thinking he was going to lose, saying, hey, they're going to rig the election, they're going to steal this thing from me? Or were they always actually playing illegitimate and we're not ever going to bust them for it? Which one is it? I don't know. Now, here's the part that kind of, I, I um just another thing that I want to um mention in regard to this. I'm finding it harder and harder to even find story. Like, I know for sure tech's been censoring the stories because the, the, the first person who called out the voter dump that took place, um I think the first incident of it was, I, was in Michigan, that got censored. And I know that that got reported to me that it was censored. But me, being a person that wants to just see the facts, what are the, what are the cases of voter fraud, Trump is claiming that there was voter fraud. I know that people are researching this. I know that there are statisticians out there who probably have informed positions. Even if it's fake news, how can I see the allegations of voter fraud that are being put forward? Go search in Google. Right now, go search in Google and see if you can find a single news source that is laying out at least what the claims are of voter fraud or if it's just every single article telling you about how Trump is making... um, Uh, allegations without any evidence, that there's allegations being made with no evidence. And I know that there must be some evidence or at least people laying out some sort of an argument. Go to Google and see if you can find those articles. You can't. I had to go to DuckDuckGo in order to find them. And even that stuff was a little bit limited. Here was the only way that I was able to find that information, at least laid out in a clean way. I know that Zero Hedge, usually when it comes to like statistical type of information, even though the problem with Zero Hedge is, you know, I found it probably five years ago. If you read it every day, you thought the market was collapsing tomorrow. They always have brilliant articles about how the market's collapsing tomorrow. And this gold chart, that gold chart, they're always very convincing. But when it comes to a topic like this, you know that they're going to have... All right, so I knew to go to Zero Hedge, and I was able to find a very interesting article that re- that laid out some of the clear instances in which you could raise a red flag of voter fraud. The other person is Sam Parker. We've had him on the show twice. Brilliant guy. Really enjoy having that guy on his guest. If um, you can go back down the archives, I think it was either a month or three weeks before the coronavirus. He had called it out as being man-made from China. He was censored from Twitter. Um, it now is... There's more information about that to make that case seem a little bit less crazy. We had him on another time when we were talking about tech censorship, and he had brilliant things to say, and I just knew he would have probably good information on this, so I went there, and he actually did. He had a link to an article that laid it out really well. Me, as a person, reading the news on a daily basis, looking at the normal sources, 
correct me if I'm wrong, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. If you're searching in Google and easily finding articles that are laying out these things or you're, you're seeing things that I'm not seeing or you've got good resources on this topic, I'm curious to hear about them. I'm just telling you it seems to me like tech censorship already exists and that you're not seeing these articles and you're not seeing a wide scope of, like, I just remember what, when I used to read the news three, four years ago, I, I it just seems like I, I would see a wider scope of materials that you, you have to have a different way of searching for these things to even find it. On that note, I'm working hard. I'm building a new website where people are going to be able to find news information. I know I talked about that on uh, part of the problem. I don't have enough to like speak about it, so I can't plug it yet, but I can tell you I'm working with people, and I'm going to have something really fucking cool up that hopefully will hit it big in the market and you guys will be able to enjoy. One more thing I just want to point out in regard to tech censorship that I was thinking about. The Hunter Biden story basically went squashed. You know, I, 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 I mean, you can go to 4chan, you can go look at some Hunter Biden porn if you're into that, you can hope that there are no kids there because then you might be looking at kitty porn. Uh, they also teased the fact that it was kitty porn. I'm assuming that that's not true because the porn's come out and, you know, no one's going to jail. But let's just go with that an allegation of kitty porn and Hunter Biden was made. Now, nothing really came of that allegation. Hunter Biden's not under investigation. Nobody got in trouble. Let's compare that to what happened to Chris D'Elia. Chris D'Elia, allegation was made. Evidence was what? Random people having conversation with him. It wasn't a court of law evidence. It wasn't no, no, no court case, I, as far as I know, has been opened up against him. He wasn't arrested by the police. So he had court of public opinion, a couple conversations that he had with people. Sure, things that look creepy. But look at the way that that got played up on social media to the point that that guy's been censored. He's gone, no longer has a career versus Hunter Biden, which would be, a, at least from a political standpoint, a more important news story. And when that got censored from Twitter, what happened there? What happened to that news story? Were there any repercussions from it? That's the difference between Twitter playing up or allowing a story versus it being censored. I want to repeat that. So let's just understand exactly how much power Twitter and Facebook has in the realm of censorship that false allegations against comedians or um, let's let's not say false because I don't know, but let's go with non-criminal because I, as far as I know, uh, um, who was the other one that got in, from uh, Fighter and the Kid? Callan. I don't think he's been arrested. I haven't heard any reports of him being arrested. I haven't heard of an investigation being opened up. That guy, as far as I know, he was fired from his show and he's not even on Fighter and the Kid anymore. That guy, that got shut down too. Okay, allegation on Twitter that. Just an allegation, no evidence, that guy no longer is a career. That is the difference between something being censored from Twitter or Twitter maybe, let's. I, I don't think they have any reason to target comedians, especially those guys. They're not like, you know, a Dave Smith kind of person. They're not like, you know, talking politics in this way, so I don't really know why they would be targeted. But I'm just saying that is the difference between something being censored and not censored. And... It is crazy to me looking at this news story coming out and having a tough time is just wanting to see the alternative opinion, just wanting to see what evidence of voter fraud or what what are the allegations of voter fraud. It's not even that easy to find the information. And then here's the last thing that drives me nuts. Months beforehand, we knew if the president, the, the guy in charge is complaining, hey, I don't think we have a good system for voting here. You're telling me we can't come up with a better system? Firstly, the, the the showing up to vote whole thing seems archaic. But the fact that this, going into it, you got a guy saying, hey, I don't think this thing's going to function properly. 
chances are it probably didn't function, but like, how do you let that, that's like the government ineptitude of, hey, we can handle it, but then they obviously can't. And then if you just started to think of possible alternative solutions for how voting is handled, firstly, I handle all my banking online. The fact that you can't log in online, you pay your taxes, I, you mean you can file them online. So the, the fact that they can't verify you with your social security number, or, you know, fingerprint, fingerprint taking your picture against your license. There are plenty of ways that this can be done digitally online. A friend of mine pointed out, I was talking to him today, and there was actually a really um, interesting article uh, about, um, what's his name? I, I, the government managed to get its hands on a billion dollar of Bitcoin because that kid who was running, I, I think Ross, the free Ross, uh, who was running uh, um, uh, the the Silk Silk Road, um, I think it was called Silk Road, right? That was his. That he was running like the. But by the way, someone I once saw someone log on to the deep net, and it's like an eBay for drugs, oh, DMT, yeah. whatever the hell you're looking for. It's like user reviews. It literally looks like you're looking at eBay, but for dr drugs. So anyways, this kid was running the largest one of those, got in trouble. This should scare everyone who has Bitcoin. Maybe I'll have the Fadcast guys on to talk about this story. But f one of the things that appealed to people in regards to Bitcoin was they thought that it was anonymous. The truth of the matter is that it, there's a perfect ledger. And in some ways, it's the least anonymous way to, to spend money because there's a public ledger of every transaction ever. Somebody, and also one of the appeals to Bitcoin was supposed to be, and I, I own Bitcoin, I believe in Bitcoin, but one of the other appeals is supposed to be, I guess, the, the how safe it is. Somebody managed to hack the Silk Road guy for basically the equivalent of a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. The government was able to, because there's a perfect ledger, find the hacker and reclaim that money. Now, the whole idea of Bitcoin is supposed to be like, you know, encryption, encryption Away from government, nobody sees it. The fact that the U.S. government somehow managed to collect a billion dollars from a hat and and part of the Bitcoin thing, as far as I know, which is different than uh, this was like what went wrong with Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. Also, not that up on the cryptos, but it's supposed to be like if something gets fucked up, no one's going in to correct the ledger. I believe that's what happened with Ethereum. Why why it's split. I believe is that somebody managed to like hack it and then like half the people were like, okay, we're going to correct for that. And the other people were like, no, the whole point is that it like, it, it it's I, I, all right. I didn't read up on that recently enough. So that was not articulated very well. I apologize for that. And I apologize for anybody that bought a squatty potty and has hemorrhoids on the top of their assholes. I apologize. I'll buy you a sandwich next time I see you. So you can have more hemorrhoids. That That is the Rob Bernstein guarantee. If you got hemorrhoids, because on the top of your asshole, because I recommended the Squatty Potty to you. And it's got to be before I've said this. And if you're listening to the back archive, like, it, it has to have happened in the last three weeks. Like, if two years from now you hear the Squatty Potty thing and then you come to this, that's on you. <laughs> you shouldn't be listening through the archive. This is relevant to today's politics. What the fuck was I talking about? Can you can help me out here? I have ADD. I was talking about... Crypto, how it's not safe. Right. Oh, yes, thank you. That was a tangent in regards to cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, and just an interesting story in terms of all you Bitcoin enthusiasts and the relationship between uh, Bitcoin and government. But let's go back to blockchain and having a perfect ledger. If part of voting is that we want to be able to verify every vote, blockchain would probably be a pretty good technology for voting um, because outside of government, I don't think it can be hacked in any way. Uh, you also have a perfect ledger, and with that perfect public ledger, you probably have a way to validate every person as being one vote. 
And haven't researched this. My friend was telling me that there's already a company that claims to have this technology. It's called VOATZ. The reason my friend knew about it is that he's invested in Overstocked, which is invested in this company. The point being, if there was the will to get this right, there's no reason why this should have been a disaster. Think about all the new technology that we have in our lives, the phones in our pocket, the televisions in our homes, the fact that I'm able to record this onto a Zoom recorder and put it out directly to you, the fact that we're going into booths, pulling on levers, having to see old people who are volunteers. No one wants to see old people. There's no other part of your life where you gotta you gotta deal with old people volunteer unless you're going to church and doing something weird with your time and some baking cook-off. When was the last time you had to go into a public school building? No one wants to go to a public school building. There's no reason why with new technologies, we could not have a better system for voting. There's no reason for it other than that they want this shitty system. And it's the, and that is like the ineptitude and the annoying thing about government is that they're, you know, they're saying they got it and they don't have it. And I hate this gray area. I, I just hate this gray area where what is fact, what is fiction? I don't know. So let's move forward. Trump's last month. What do you think this guy is going to do? Uh, is he going to release the Bigfoot files? Is he going to release Snowden when he gets out of office? How much fun is he going to be? Is he going to start Trump nightly? Is he going to actually start the Trump news network and just every single night he'll be on the news? Going, Biden's lying. He's asleep right now. He's not even awake. He's asleep. And Kamala Harris's cunt smells like dead fish. I've smelled it from afar. I, I mean, I hope and maybe he'll do it live. He'll be like he'll build like a, a Joel Alstein type like stadium and it'll just be 40,000 people every night just trumping the most Trump. Or maybe he'll run again, and instead of make America great again, it'll be Trump even more Trumpier than the last time. <laughs> it'll just be like more walls, less healthcare, everything you love about Donald Trump. The other thing is I saw a Fox News article that was saying that Joe Jorgensen uh, managed to be a spoiler in this election. And while, to be honest, I would have preferred if uh, Trump won to Biden, there's something awesome about spoiling the election for mainstream parties. Even though it might have ruined it for the person I would have preferred, there's something just fucking awesome about just ruining shit for other people, especially if it's important. So I hate Joe Jorgensen. And I, I'll reiterate why I hate Joe Jorgensen. The biggest fear to me in politics is the censorship and specifically um, on the free speech side. And she just spoke to the worst part of the left. And like, you know, it's like when your brother does something shitty, I don't have a brother. But when you have a relative or close friend that does something shitty and it's out of character, it bothers you more than when a random person does it because it hurts. Having the head of the supposed libertarian party preaching the worst part of America right now hurts. It's embarrassing. It gives legitimacy to it. I don't want that. But just seeing her ruin something for a mainstream party, if that's true, is fucking awesome. <laughs> and I'd like to know, how can we just have more people ruining elections? Like, I love, you know how you go into CVS and you can buy your mainstream Preparation H or you can buy the CVS brand? How do we just get, like, discount Joe Biden in the next election? Like, just running in Pennsylvania, you can just be up like, listen, I, 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 uh, I, I sleep just as much as Joe Biden. I'm just as confused, but I'll do even more for Pennsylvania for less money. Like, I'm running in the election, but really I'm just campaigning in Pennsylvania and I'll represent Pennsylvania better than anyone else. Like, just more dummy candidates that might just siphon votes and ruin elections. It's fucking hilarious. The next thing is, and this just talks to uh, why I don't imagine that Trump will get this overturned, is that the statistics argument just isn't compelling. 
The problem, and I'm going to go through each of the kind of things that people are pulling up as red flags and why they aren't convincing, is that no matter how truthful it might be, it always comes across conspiracy theory-like. Because, firstly, if the mainstream media doesn't report on it whatsoever and it's just kind of like these fringe places, even me with an open mind, I start thinking, all right, well, if if it's really this flagrant, how come nobody's talking about it? It's kind of like when you were a kid and you saw those UFO pictures on like the hist- History Channel, and you're like, all right, this can't be true because this isn't the one place I'd be seeing it, you know? And that's the way propaganda works, where it even convinces me, like, okay, if it's this flagrant, how come nobody else is talking about it? But then the other thing is, like, even I have a little bit of, like, a finance brain. I'm not the world's biggest idiot. I can't necessarily follow how true your argument is because it's just, like, statistics. If you're telling it's, like, the same way, and maybe this was, we were prime, like, polls, I think, somehow work off, you know, it's like a random sample. And then off the random sample, you try and present, like, this is what we think. So it's like, we all know that statistics aren't fucking perfect. So you're not, like, unless you can catch them red-handed, the evidence of that they instructed the UPS people with the things, or this person, here's the factory where they created the fake votes, here's the people that were hired to, to, to count this inappropriately, here's the guy who was supposed to deliver it. Unless you've got the hard evidence. I think, um, not to interrupt, but I think back in May, maybe, Bernie Sanders actually had um, predicted this to a T like perfectly he predicted what was going to happen and and actually uh foretold that Trump would, was going to do this because of the mail in ballots. You mean he just said in advance that Trump was going to make the claim? He, he knew that that Trump was going to be winning uh at first because all the day of is all Republican. He says if you look back, it shows all the studies show that Republicans like to vote on the day, but uh Democrats always vote through the mail or they're more likely to vote through mail before even COVID, before all this stuff. So he said that Donald Trump was going to declare or say, look, see, we won. But then once they count the mail-in votes, then Biden's going to obviously win. And he's going to go, see, I knew it was all fraud or this and that. He's going to make up. That could also just be that he was was in on whatever the fuck they concocted. And so he's trying to get ahead of it to go. Who knows? Like I said, you can decide on what lie you prefer. We're not going to figure this one out. I will say just the the statistics argument is not compelling. You get the best auditor in the entire country to put forward, hey, here's why this doesn't add up. It's like it, it still falls into the category of a maybe. It is not an absolute truth. Like, I, I, I mean, people win lotteries. You know what I mean? So it could be that it's very improbable, but someone wins a lottery. So you might find a lot of cases to present, hey, this is screwy and improbable, the fact that it's improbable doesn't mean it didn't happen. And so that, to me, the fact that there's that little degree of it's not proven means it's not proven. Now, maybe you can argue. Here's the thing. It's all perception because you can say, well, Rob, you don't understand. St- that's exactly right. And guess what? If I don't get it, nobody's going to get it. You're not. So if I'm not 100% on it, no one's going to be 100%. The best we will be able to say is that it seems screwy. Now, the flip side of this is you can go, well, Democrats actually buy into statistics all the time. They'll tell you that women make 70% less on the dollar. Or they'll tell you uh, that bl- you know blacks are being uh, um, targeted by cops more. And all of those things rely on statistics, and they just kind of take it for granted. And so, yeah, I guess that's a pretty good argument that I guess if somebody boils down the statistical inaccuracies and presents it really well— Maybe you'll have somebody just moving forward with the talking point of 
all statisticians agree that the errors in this election um, could not have existed without fraud. I didn't even articulate that in the best way, but they would basically have to put that. And here's the thing. Are you going to get all, is it going to be like global warming where you can get enough people to, to lie about it really? Cause I don't even, but are you going to get enough like experts in this country to come forward? Like if all of Stanford, all of Columbia, all of Penn, if every academic in the entire country said, we studied the, the statistics on this election and we're certifying that this could not happen without fraud, then Yes, it would make it into the mainstream media where everyone go, hey, everyone is saying that this is fraud. I don't think this is ever going to get to there. With that being said, to save you guys the hassle, I want to um, show you the red flags that have been raised because it's not that easy to find this information. Here is mainly where I'm drawing this from, and this is um, courtesy to uh, was Sam Parker. It was the redelephants.com. I know nothing about the redelephants.com. That could be a, that could be a legitimate Nazi site for all I know. I have no idea. I'm just saying I read the article trying to figure out what the allegations are. And so I'm just going to tell you that here are some of the more compelling allegations. The other article that is worth reading on this, and I will link it in the notes, zerohedge.com. It was um, uh, Korea fucker, fuckery is afoot. Before I get into this, let's just do a couple plugs. Please, come out to New Hampshire, November 28th. Me and BK Chris, not sure on the Shedcast guys yet. Going to be a killer-ass show. BK Chris doing stand-up. I'm going to be doing stand-up in my end-of-year recap. Then December 5th, really big show we're doing in Philadelphia. The Shedcast guys, they're going to be dropping tunes. BK Chris doing stand-up. I'm doing my whole thing. Uh, I'm going to be booking some other stand-ups for that show. Taping that, hopefully to get up online all the insane shit that happened in 2020 all the misinformation hopefully with some big laughs so that i can red pill some common people uh so please come out support those links will be in the episode description and now is as good of a time as any to um plug our great sponsor of this show sheath underwear you can separate your dick from your balls so if you're sitting down at your computer and you're spending too much time sitting there and you're sitting there and you're trying to research the fraud of this election you can't find it anywhere at least you don't have to feel your balls sticking together you don't have to feel because that's the word that's when you give up you know that's when you don't go that extra 10 percent to getting through the task that you needed to do it's because you're uncomfortable sitting down your balls are stuck to your leg and you go fuck this and then you don't do a podcast because you didn't finish what you needed to do you got nothing to talk about so don't have that happen to you go to sheath underwear right now support one of the best sponsors and they don't just support this show they support a lot of awesome comedy shows so go check them out i'm actually i'm wearing my sheath right now mike nice you can attest to it i'm about to show mike nice my dick it's gonna happen and look how look how good my junk looks in this. Look at that sheath. I wasn't lying. Fucking sheath right now. I'm wearing it. And how good does my dick look? It looks amazing. There you go. No one says that about my dick, but when I'm wearing sheath, it looks good as hell. Dick separated from my balls. Promo code RYM, 20% off. Get yourself some sheath underwear. Now, let's get into uh, all of the little statistical inconsistencies. Summary of weirdness. First one. There was the 1 to 4 a.m. vote dumps going entirely to Biden. I think that was mostly in Wisconsin and Michigan. Weird as hell. 100% of the, the votes that came in after hours, once they shut down the normal voting, went to uh, went to Biden. And then here was another thing that I saw. Go ahead, do your own research, email me more news sources, robsnewsroom at gmail.com, or be weird. Just send it to the sheath people. Just send your news sources to the to their customer service and complaints. <laughs> um 
Apparently, I believe in Wisconsin and Michigan, there were actually more ballot requests for Trump than there were for Biden. So how does it make sense that more of the mail-in votes would be in Biden's favor if there were more requests for ballots for Trump? Good question. Next one. It violates Benford's law. I have no idea what the fuck that means. I tried to click on the next article. That's why these statistical arguments are not that good, because... Who the fuck knows what Benford, Benford, it violates, you know what, it violates the Rob Bernstein's law of, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So, good work, Benford. Difference in vote between Senate candidates and winning compared to other years. This one's interesting. So, there was a difference in the amount of votes for, like, your down ballot, for, like, your, your, your Senate shit. Like, so, let's just say, and I don't have the real numbers in front of me, um, but I'm going to exp- try and, let's say you had 100,000 people in an area that voted for Democratic senators, right? So typically speaking, of that 100,000, you might have 90,000 or 110,000, so a variance of not 10%, a variance of 10% that would vote differently in the presidential election than they do for the local election. So let me repeat that. If 100, let's just say you had, Connecticut only had 100,000 people living in it. No, no, let's say, yeah, let's keep it simple. You got 200,000 people in the entire state of Connecticut. That's it, right? If you had 100,000 people who voted for Democratic senators, then based off of typical years, I could predict that you will only have, here's the range, 110,000 people voting for a Democratic president or 90,000 people voting for a Democratic president. People's taste from senator to president does not shift more than 10%. That's not a true figure. Trying to lay out the concept that people... There is not a wide variance between the amount of people that will vote for senators, that will vote for a Democratic senator, and then vote for a um, like a, a Republican president. When it comes to this election, more than any other year, you have people that apparently voted for Republican senators, but then voted for Biden as president. So there seems to be something screwy here that both, it's weird that so many Republican senators won, the people that voted for them then didn't vote for, um, you know, like a Democratic president. And also, if you compare it to other years, and I actually didn't see this word being used, but I'm going to put it here because I don't understand statistics that well. But the variance of the usual years of people that would. All right. This is getting complicated. Moving on to the next one. Uptick of votes in specific areas. I'm going to read this specific line. In Ohio, Joe Biden and Cuyahoga, Ohio, Joe Biden only had a net gain of 4,000 votes compared to Hillary Clinton's 2016 performance. Yet at the same time, he had a net gain of almost 70,000 in Wayne County, Michigan. So here's what's weird. If you look at the areas that Hillary, if you look at Biden's performance next to Hillary, in areas where he didn't need, you know, I guess a lot of mail-in votes to win, his numbers are pretty consistent with Hillary. In areas where he needed a lot of votes to win, his numbers are totally inconsistent with Hillary. So why is it that in certain critical areas, so many people who didn't vote for Hillary went ahead and voted for Biden? Let me just read that once more because I want to make sure I explain that one correctly. In Cayuga, Ohio, Joe Biden only had a net gain of 4,000 votes compared to Hillary Clinton's 2016 performance. Right. So he only had 4,000, but then in other critical areas, he had as much as 70,000. So why is it that there was such a dramatic increase in people that did not vote for Hillary that voted for Biden only in critical areas? This this inconsistency gets even worse when you look at what they're calling massive enthusiasm gap. 
Joe Biden, with almost record low enthusiasm, underperformed across major many major cities compared to Hillary Clinton in 2016. In New York City, Chicago, and Miami, he was down 201 for, um Okay, so in New York City, he got 201,000 less votes. In Chicago, 260,000 less votes. And then in Miami, 6,945 less votes. So now in all of these places, I know in New York City, I don't know about Chicago in my... I, I, I don't know about Chicago, but I think the argument here, if I understand it, is in New York City, they don't need to fabricate votes because they're winning it no matter what. And so in New York City, compared to Hillary Clinton, he was down. And then all of a sudden, in the critical areas, let's read how much he's up. However, in the states that Biden needed to overtake Trump in 2020, he gained massively. According to the Associated Press vote vote total data in Atlanta, Milwaukee, and Pittsburgh, he was up 76,000, 66,000, and 28,000, and 29,000. Now, if I just want to give both sides of this, were New York City, Chicago, and Miami hand-selected in order to make this argument that those were the few places where he was down? I don't know. This could be a very compelling argument if he seems to have picked up a lot of votes only where he needed them, and yet in places like New York City where he didn't need the votes, no one, he seemed to have been down in the votes. There's something really screwy about that. Another thing that they're um, claiming is that a record amount of 90-year-olds registered in Pennsylvania. Got to go look that up. And then there was a really shady picture. And when I say really shady, you know when sometimes the evidence seems so compelling, you're like, I I just think that they're making something up here. It's like those alien pictures I was talking about on the Discovery Channel or History Channel. Um, There was picture, this guy had taken a picture, supposedly before he got kicked out, where on the screen there were a lot of voters from the 1900s implying a lot of dead voters. Okay, those were all interesting. Here are some um, uh, some other ones that I had read in other places, but then I saw in the, the part of the problem YouTube comments. I'm not giving credit to the people that gave these comments because I didn't take the notes. I just kind of took the mental notes. But one, how is it possible that Biden got more votes than Obama? I don't know that that's even accurate, but I saw that argument in more than one place, so I'm going to repeat it here. Um, and that also a lot of these ballots came in where people voted for Biden, apparently, without voting down ticket. Down ticket means, like, your Republican, you know, senator. So, in other words, there were a lot of people that only voted in the presidential election and didn't even bother to vote in the other elections. The flip side of that is that if the Democrats were rigging elections, why wouldn't they also rig it to to win the Senate? All really good questions, and I'll go back to the beginning of the episode. Pick your lie. I'm not sure. Now let's just get into some predictions for the Biden presidency. Firstly, I'm going to throw it out there. Maybe we'll start an online poll. How long do you think he makes it? Mike Nice, you can go first. Oh, over under? Three weeks? You think three weeks and three weeks only? I want to go low. I want to go low because usually I go high and I'm wrong. So I'm going to go low. I'm gonna, I, th- I feel like he's going to make it through the first year. First year? After that, it's a possibility I, I I think prior to the first year he kind of can't step down. They'll just it'll be like a um you won't see him kind of thing, and there'll always be rumors, and he'll make like an appearance, and they'll prop him up on some drugs. They might make they might do that for even longer, and we'll see progressively less and less of him. It's not going to be that different than this presidential. Like we're just not going to see him being all that active. I do think that the American people are going to be mad at the Democratic Party if three weeks in he steps down because then it's clear that they kind of. Oh, well, you know, I don't know that he's that close to death. I don't know. All right, so here's some of, I'm just going to go with the scary side of 
of Biden being elected. And so I'm just putting I'm putting forward fear. Listen, you don't want to be afraid. You can call an episode right now. I, I talked about my asshole. I talked about um, the election. I talked about the voter fraud. You, you've, you've benefited. You could turn this off right now and not hear my story for the aspects that are potentially scary here. And I'm just laying out all the cards. I'm not telling you that this is what's going to happen. I'm just being a nervous Jew and telling you what you could be concerned about. And by the way, if you get overly scared right now, you're listening to this. Well, guess what? We got another sponsor, YoKratom.com. 60 bucks. You can get a whole kilo. You can get through this whole next four years just kind of floating through, totally calm, not giving a shit about nothing because you got kilos. Where else are you getting kilos for 60 bucks? Nowhere. You're driving around to gas stations. You ain't going to find no fucking kilo for $60. But no matter how bad life can stock up now because, you know, Biden's so bad, he might shut down shipping. He might want everyone to be so miserable that he's like, Amazon, they're not shipping your house anymore. Kilos of Kratom, I got to help the local gas station. Make sure that they're making 15 bucks an hour. No one can have high crate, high quality Kratom just being shipped to their house for 60 bucks. We can't have that. So, to talk about the scary side. First is, I just started reading Human Action, which um, I, I just finished Democracy That God That Failed. Now I'm trying to read Human Action. I've got more time on my hands because I'm not really doing stand-up. Uh, also, I'm cutting back on the sandwiches, so I got a clear head. So I'm trying to get some through some of the classic libertarian literature, which the audience has read a lot more of than I have. Uh, in reading Human Action, one of the things that it's always interesting to me when things that I've noticed and I thought, oh my God, I'm such a genius for noticing this, or something that someone was talking about 100 years ago. But one of the things that he mentions, which I'm just... I thought it was so interesting, and he laid it out really well, but he was talking about Marx and his thinking had this idea that by not belonging to the, the, the Burgess class, you know, the fucking rich people class, you've got some magical ability to think about things, and they will always be wrong because they're part of the rich class, and they're always approaching everything from that framework of being in the rich class, and they can't possibly be right. Uh, even if they're curing cancer... They're thinking about it from a rich person's attitude. Uh, even if they're thinking about being an engineer, I don't know if uh, Marx actually went into that, but he basically says we can't trust the the rich people because they, they have an, a bad way of thinking about things that only benefit them. And so you got to be from the poor class in order to have, it's like mandate thinking. It's the ultimate appeal to authority where I don't need to prove to you that I'm right. It's because of my identity. It's because of the way I've suffered I'm I'm right. And the Democrats and the liberals, they really have this hardcore. I mean, that is what Kamala Harris said in that 60 minutes interview of uh, that Dave had played on part of the problem. I will come with the experience of being a black woman of Indian descent like she has some sort of a God given mandate to be more correct in her thinking than everybody else because of her race, because of her skin color, because of her background. And. We've seen the way that there's this PC thinking where white man not allowed to have an opinion. You're, you're a white man. How are you allowed to weigh in on this? So I do have a concern that there's going to be more of this nonsense talk, more of this preaching, and more of this universal understanding that white people aren't supposed to have opinions and that we need to eradicate this racial injustice and that that's the ultimate thing that needs to be addressed and microaggressions need to be addressed and it's not about economic growth. It's about making sure that minorities are being taken care. It's like 
whatever is in your head of being the nonsense talk, and the part that I hate about it is that you get preached to that everybody feels that way, and then you go around life and you don't know a single person in your life that holds the values that you're being preached to that everybody has. It's that confidence game of you're wrong because everyone else, and then you have to start questioning yourself like, shit, does everyone really think that way? And it's the propaganda machine where it's so loud that everybody has an opinion that you don't know anyone who has that opinion. You know, it. it, it okay, so I'm concerned that we're going to have more of that. And what really concerns me in that regard is, like, if you look at tech censorship, and as I pointed out at the beginning of the episode, the difference between Hunter Biden and the stories that happened to Chris D'Elia. But if we understand that there's, like, pawns on the board and there's power structures, the same way as if you control the Congress, the Senate, and the presidency, there's more shit that you can get passed because everyone's on your side. So now all of a sudden... We are in a, in a war against censorship. There is censorship in the media. But at least we had the president on our side. At least that guy was calling it out. At least he had a filthy mouth and was saying, hey, this PC thing is not real. At least one of the powers or one of the big, you know, controlling powers in the world when it came to the PC nonsense and standing up against tech censorship was on our side. And by our side, I mean on the free speech side, on the way that I like to operate my life. Do we really think that tech censorship is going to get better when now they have the presidency? So they got Congress, the president, and tech all. And so, you know, I guess the Senate might fight on our behalf. But do we really think that the environment for that's going to be better? That, like, the preaching is going to get... If anything, now you got the colleges that are preaching and you got the president that's on their side who might even enact more policies that like like the president tried to get rid of those you know classes I think for the racial injustice racial sensitivity whatever those things are so what's going to happen when all of a sudden there's even more of those and they're being mandated from the president they're, and the president's in cahoots with whatever these organizations are that now your office place needs to have like do we really think that it's going to be a better environment for that kind of stuff that's concern number one the other one is and Biden already talked about this but making Fed policies in line with, um, I guess, ending systemic racism, which brings the systemic rate to like a different level of the way government's going to kind of really focus on it and treat it. Like it's not just an academic thing that we should be aware of, but it's got to be something that we have to actually institute monetary policies in order to try and correct. Uh, the next is, uh, are we going to end up in wars? Is spending going to go up? And then the worst one is they're going to be more COVID in general lockdowns. So that's all on the fear side. I'm not saying that anything, any of those things are going to happen. I'm just saying that those are some of the things that I'm concerned about is that I, I don't, I don't, the flip side to this, and if you want to see the other argument, Dave laid it out really nicely on the last part of the problem. He was more of, you know what? I don't want to paraphrase it. You can go listen to Dave. Um, I think the, what some people might feel is that the president's just not that powerful. It's going to be a lame duck. He clearly doesn't have a mandate. The Senate's working against him. There's clearly going to be more Trump enthusiasm, and maybe those people will even be more vocal since they just lost, and so they're going to be more concerned about the powers that are standing above them, trying to control them. And so maybe everything that I just described can't come to fruition because it's actually not popular enough, and people um, sometimes, you know, instead of just licking your wounds, people get fucking pissed after defeat, and they start working harder. So who knows? I will say, I think the sooner Kamala ends up taking over for Biden, the better off we'll be because she's so unlikable and nobody voted for her. 
and she's going to go so bad and so far with this preachy thing that I really do think that that's going to have a very negative reaction by a wide base of people um, that, you know, government is overlords because nobody voted for her and she's the most unlikable person ever. And everyone's going to be like, how the fuck did we get stuck with this cunt? And that's really the only way to describe her. And the only other thing is that we're in a war against police and then we're going to elect a cop as a president. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one is that you mean it's even on the left side where they're trying to be like, yeah, like Kamala is, is a cop. She's a cop. She that's what she's always been. And then we're in a war against police. We're fighting the police, we're trying to defund the police. And then we're going to make her like the leader and she's a cop. Yeah, that's fair. That That's fair. All right, so to bring it home, guys, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe Trump's got that ace up his sleeve. He's actually got some evidence of fraud. No one's heard from Barr, or at least as far as I know, I haven't heard from, I haven't seen it or heard anything from Barr. Maybe they've been working on something. Maybe they've known this whole time because they've busted the Dems pretty good, you know? So who knows? Maybe. They've been working on this the whole time, and they were hoping that the Dems would actually go aggressive with this, and they've got the evidence. I don't think that's likely. Likely, Maybe people come forward with the with the st- statistical arguments so proven to a T that it becomes undeniable that there was some level of voter fraud. I think even if they do that, that will always be some fringe conspiracy thing that you'll be shamed for bringing up. Um, hopefully, Trump remains active and we see him on the news, and maybe he becomes more of a rallying figure, and he can do even more outside of government, and the only thing that I like about Trump, or I feel like he is exactly what people shame him for, he takes away the dignity of the office, the dignity, it's like, well, that's the one thing I appreciate about him, is that he's a little bit entertaining, and he's defending my right to be a fucking prick, which is all I've been trying to do, I just want to be able to run my mouth, and he's the one guy who kind of puts forward that, no, not everybody cares about saying no, no words and whatever other nonsense is out there. So listen, I really thought that this was going to be a 10 minute episode. It turned out to be another full hour. So I did a, I did a full one. So guys, last time don't get squatty potties. Do however, buy yourself sheath underwear, use promo code RYM for 20% off. This thing is, it's the most comfortable underwear you're going to wear. Prior to this, I was never a brief guy, but I'm all about it. I switch off between being in the dick hole, not in the dick hole. You can wear it either way. These things are fucking comfortable. RYM, 20% off. YoKratom.com. Love those people. Stock up on your Kratom. 60 bucks. You can get an entire kilo. And last but not least, um, get some tickets. Philadelphia, December 5th. New Hampshire, November 28th, and uh, I believe that's all I wanted to say, but before we call an episode, Mike, you got anything you want to throw out there? Uh, just follow the Shedcast, and uh, me at Mike Nice CT everywhere, and uh, also my uh, cousin and brother, Sid Floyd. There you go. Have a... Yeah.